0: Scriptures are a real podcast, a podcast where we talk about things that make the scriptures real to us so that they come alive to us and so that we get more power out of them. I'm your host, Kerry Mulsteen and this is one of the shortcasts that we do to help us uh, just get a couple little elements that might make the scriptures more real. And today we're talking about a number of elements in the life of Abraham. I think I'll do a shortcast on the geography and some historical details, and then I'll do another one about some uh, Egyptological details that uh, will help the story as it's presented in Abraham chapter one come alive. So we're going to talk for just a moment about some things in the story that have really made this come to life for me and have really made it feel to me like this is a a real person that I can identify with. Because again, anything that makes them seem uh, more like uh, a real person allows me to identify with them. Uh, at least that's how it works for me. So uh, it's interesting to me that if we, we get just a number of historical details in uh, in this uh, the text that um, I think just make a whole lot of things come to life for us. So I'll just give you one example. We've had questions about where uh, is Ur of the Chaldees? Uh, some people, uh, most people think that it's in Iraq, southern Iraq, and, uh, but some people think that it is in the kind of northern Syria, southern Turkey kind of area. There, even a recent publication um, by a great scholar that I know and admire named Gary Rendsburg, uh, he uh, argues for that just on biblical knowledge. With some extra knowledge from the book of Abraham, I'm fairly convinced that that's what happened. Some of that has to do with the the Egyptian influence that we see both in the story and places where we know that Egyptian influence was. Uh, But there's some other interesting little things. So here's just a a fun one. And again, this is all in in trying to understand the text and the story better. So if we go to Abraham chapter one, verse 10, we see where he talks about the priest of Pharaoh who offers a a thank offering of a child. um, Upon the altar, which stood by the hill called Potiphar's Hill at the head of the plain of Olishem. Now, that's interesting because Olishem is a name that we don't find anywhere else in the scriptures. But not that long ago, some people found, uh, well, we've noticed in a couple of texts. So one of them is from just before Abraham's time, and one of them is from during Abraham's lifetime. Uh, They used the word Ulisum. Uh, and those are shifts that we often see, the O and U shift we see in a number of places in, in languages, and the S to SH shift we see in a number of places, even within Hebrew, in With different dialects of Hebrew we see it, but we see it also as we go between different Semitic languages. So Olishem and Uly sum are almost certainly the same place, and you can tell from these texts that it is somewhere in uh, northern Syria or southern Turkey, uh, just right in that border area right where we would kind of expect it to be from the text. And I find that to be kind of fun. So I think we can actually uh, do a fairly decent job of tracing the story as it happens, where he comes down from uh, north, uh, northern Syria and so on, and would have come along into Haran, which would be in Syria, and then come down into modern day Jordan. And uh, in the book of Abraham, it talks about him talking, stopping at a place called Jershon decent chance, don't really know for sure, but a fairly decent chance that this is modern-day Jarash uh, in, in Jordan, right as you get to the Jabbok River, just before the Jabbok River, and then you would come there and follow along the Jabbok River. That's your easiest way to get down from Jordan and go across the plains, the Jordan Valley Rift, uh, and back up into um, modern-day um, Canaan, or I mean ancient Canaan, and uh, you would then uh, get to Shechem or Sichem. Uh, it's spelled different ways, but that's the same place. And then at that point, you're in the high hills of the, the Canaan, and that's where Abraham kind of lives his life, is going back and forth on what's known as the um, the Highway of the Patriarchs or the Way of the Patriarchs. But they were the Ridge Road. It's the road that goes along the top of the ridges of the mountains, rather than uh, down in the canyons or in the plains. Uh, and so we can really situate Abraham's life fairly well. Uh, I've, I've done recently an article just came out in a great book called From Creation to Sinai. That's a compilation of articles uh, by different scholars looking at uh, in detail at different aspects of the story, the way it's presented from creation to Mount Sinai. So basically um, up until the, the Exodus, uh, I looked at what do we know about Egyptian influence in this area? One of the several things I looked at in an article was what do we know about Egyptian influence in this area? and how would that have affected the patriarchs? And I've become convinced that the patriarchs and matriarchs, Sarah and Abraham, uh, Rebecca and Isaac and uh, Jacob and Leah and Rachel and so on, that they knew that so that the Egyptians were very strategic as to what places they tried to control. They didn't try and control everything in the land of Canaan. They controlled places that were strategic in terms of military routes and trade routes. And you'll find that the, the matriarchs and patriarchs are very nomadic. And I think that they're trying to avoid uh, both a lot of interaction with the, the Canaanites. I mean, they have to have some interaction because they are going to need to trade. Uh, we know Abraham is like behind a cave so that he can have a place to, to bury um, his wife and so on. Um, and they have uh, competition sometimes over wells these finite resources, and so on. Um, But at the same time, they often are just trying to avoid these established people that have larger groups than they are uh, and have fortified cities. They're going to try and avoid the Egyptians as they come in, and and sometimes on military raids, sometimes uh, just on their normal routes to going back and forth between their strongholds. And my guess would be that uh, the matriarchs and patriarchs and their families kind of do a little dance between getting enough contact that they can sell their sheep and buy things they need. And at the same time, trying to avoid military raids and the religious influence of the Canaanites and the Egyptians, and so on. Uh, So there there are a lot of interesting things to consider that I hope makes the story become real to you. Here's another fun little thing. I have a friend named um, George Pierce, he's a professor at BYU, who did uh, what's called uh, oxygen isotope analysis. Uh, I know you're excited about that. But anyway, Uh, for the land of Canaan during these time periods to see what was happening with uh, in terms of moisture and it's really interesting what we find is that um, just kind of at the beginning maybe of, of Abraham's time in Canaan that there was a really really dry period a huge drought much drier than normal well that's interesting because we find that as Abraham first comes into Canaan and according to the biblical and the the Pearl of Great Price text, we get even more in, in the book of Abraham on this, that there's a famine. And because of the famine, he has to go down into Egypt. And so the, the science of what's going on in the area matches uh, with the story. Interestingly, that then that soon after followed by one of the wetter periods that they've had, so that for much of Abraham's life, and really all of Isaac's and Jacob's life, This semi-arid area was much less arid than we're accustomed to seeing, and the areas where they could have lived uh, or where they did live would have been a little bit easier to live in than what we often think of uh, and and what we see today, and I find that interesting. Now, that we can only do so much in terms of geography and history and archaeology on these little podcasts, I'll try and do a little bit because I do think it makes it become more real. But I also want you to know that uh, I have a YouTube channel. My YouTube channel is also called The Scriptures Are Real. Some of you are watching this on YouTube, Uh, and it's it's also called The Scriptures Are Real, but there are two different playlists on the YouTube channel. One of them is these podcasts. It's called The Scriptures Are Real, but there's also a playlist. So there's The Scriptures Are Real channel, which has The Scriptures Are Real playlist. It also has an Old Testament class videos playlist, and that's where I took some videos that I made for my Old Testament classes. I just had Uh, I got frustrated that we were uh, not having enough time to have deep discussions like I would like to have an interaction with the students. And so I started thinking, what are the things that we don't need to have discussions that I can just give them information and it was history, geography and archaeology. So I started creating little videos that I wanted my classes to watch before they came to class. Now I did this long enough ago, I started doing this in I think 2011 if I remember right. Uh, That The technology that BYU was able to supply me with at the time. Uh, would only allow me to do little five minute videos. So I created uh, five minute videos and when the subject matter needed more than that then I'd do several videos. Uh, So for example, I had Abraham 1.1, 1.2, 1.3, 1.4. So that that was a 20 minute video. Uh, In the end, we didn't know that that was inspired because lots of uh, research has shown that uh, younger generation has about a five minute attention span. Uh, for these kinds of things. So they can watch five minutes and then uh, as they stop one video and start another, that resets them and then they can watch another five minutes. So it was inspired in the end, but it also, they're just bad technology. I didn't know what I was doing. I still don't know what I was doing, but I know more now than I did then, but still lots of information in there. So if you want to get more in terms of geography, history, archaeology, where I show pictures of the places, I show maps, I show, um, uh, you know, archaeological sketches, all sorts of things, then go to my YouTube channel, The Scriptures Are Real, and look for the Old Testament class uh, video playlist. Uh, And for most weeks, you'll find that I have some things there. So I have about 20 minutes worth on uh, Abraham, probably about 10 minutes on Isaac, about 20 minutes on Jacob, uh, and then we'll do Joshua and Judges and Moses and uh, all the way up through David, and then I, I've got the rest. Uh, I've have videos made for the rest. I don't have them posted yet, but I will before we get further along so that for from here on out, there wasn't really any of these videos because the history and, and geography and archaeology are a little bit tougher pre-Abraham. But by the time we get to Abraham, we can really start to nail these things down. So uh, by this point then you have lots of those videos. and from here on out for the rest of the Old Testament year, um, well, when we get into the prophets, sometimes there aren't as many videos, although I am going to put up my videos uh, from my Isaiah class that will help uh, people understand Isaiah. So that will also get put on that uh, playlist. But there will be for pretty much every Come, Follow Me week. And sometimes, you know, like the the Jacob one may cover two weeks worth or the Joseph one may cover two weeks worth. But pretty much for every Come, Follow Me week, if you want more on the history and geography and including I cover some of the history of things that we don't read or that we don't spend a lot of time on, but because I want people to just be able to have that history, you can get just quick continuity gained through a a short overview of the history. A good place to go will be to my YouTube channel, The Scriptures Are Real, and uh, then look at the playlist for Old Testament class videos. I should also mention that I have a a website called uh, outofthedust.org where you can find all of those uh, listed in order and links to them uh, and other resources on a page. So I've got all sorts of pages on outofthedust.org. So again, it's all one word, outofthedust.org. And I've got one that is called page for the Abrahamic covenant. So you can understand the Abrahamic covenant better. That's a really important one for this week. If you want to understand the Abrahamic covenant better, I've got handouts, tons of links to different Uh, firesides and podcasts and things like that. So if you really want to dive deep into the Abrahamic covenant, besides my book called uh, God will prevail, you can get a brochure on it that I created. You can get links to videos and firesides and all sorts of stuff. There's one on the book of Abraham. There's a page on Isaiah. There's a page that's called old Testament aids. And if you get on there, you can find charts and articles and lectures and videos and links to all these videos that I'm talking about. So hopefully we're creating for you a lot of resources that will help you have a great experience understanding the Old Testament this year. So I hope uh, that not only is this helpful, but I know that as I think about these little details in Abraham's life, he becomes more real to me and I can situate him and look at what it looked like and and trace his life and understand my own life better. I think in particular, the podcast uh, with Phil Allred we go through some of those uh, journeys as well. And that, that does the same thing. Although I think the interview this week with uh, Stefan Tager and with uh, Rebecca Call also, and they both, they all three bring out great details to help the scriptures become more real to us. So I hope that this is helpful for you all and uh, have a wonderful week. I'll, I'll post another one about some uh, Book of Abraham, Egyptological elements a little bit later. Thank you.